Hello, my love. How are you feeling today? I hope that you are beyond well. I hope you're feeling good. And if you aren't, that's okay. Give yourself that room to feel and know that the emotions you experience are accepted here. You are accepted here to show up as your full self. Know that you are worthy regardless of how you may be feeling in this moment. Emotions are temporary, but your worth is forever. Let's take a moment to ourselves to release any weight we may be carrying from our day and open ourselves up to the information we are about to discuss and receive. Take a deep breath in. Feeling as your breath travels to your belly and hold. Now take a deep breath out. Shifting your awareness to the expansion of breath through your chest. Releasing anything that is no longer serving your wellness. Welcome back to the light, where I broadcast light to you and then we explore life ourselves so that we may shine light also ourselves on it. This is our fourth meeting now. Wow. We've been on this journey together for a month. I am beyond grateful to share this time with you. I want you to know that I appreciate your presence more than anything. And I'm also very, very proud of you because through listening, through your effort, and through your consistency, you have been investing in yourself. What we're doing here is investing in ourselves. In this space, you are seen and you are heard. In this space, you don't need to be understood to be loved or accepted. This love is unconditional. In this space, you receive and you receive for free because you deserve to. I'm so excited to continue using what we learn and creating what we deserve with it, creating magic out of it. With that being said, let's get into today's meeting. Today, we are focusing on how we may align with our desired reality, our manifestations. And alignment is to be in agreement or alliance with what you're bringing into fruition. We know that change is the only thing that's constant in our universe, which is very ironic because it's also the main thing our minds, both conscious and unconscious, well, conscious and subconscious, aren't super equipped to process or deal with. The resistance towards change stems from all the conditioning we receive. By the time we're adults, our mind feels like it doesn't even belong to us anymore. In Toltec Wisdom, and I actually learned this from Don Miguel Ruiz, I love him so much, I love him so much, I love all his books, I, I love Don, okay, <laughs> he's amazing. So in Toltec Wisdom, they refer to his mind, this mind fog or illusion as a mitote, the thousands of voices in your head that all talk at the same time and have no understanding of each other. They distract us from what we truly are, which is life. And a really good book that will help you embrace and adapt to change is Who Moved My Cheese? I'll add that in our book list on our class, and a link to our class will be in our description. And just so you guys know, our class is free, okay? Now, a frequent question in relation to determining why we behave the way that we do is nature versus nurture, or determinism versus free will. And I'm sure you've heard about these in school before, right? 
The key to moving forward with awareness is to realize that we are affected by them both, that they both play parts in our reality. Determinism argues that human behavior is controlled externally, that all of our behaviors are predictable and can be controlled and influenced by the environment around us and the incentives that they offer. Free will argues that our ability to exercise free will allows us to have control over our destiny. While determinism seeks to position you under the control of a mass mind and adopt their beliefs, whether they're right for you or not, Free will is the expression of who you truly are, and it doesn't come from fear or resistance, it comes directly from the soul. As humans, we're even noted as the only animals on earth with true free will and the ability and measure of a species, like different animals, to operate outside of deterministic triggers and execute free will is always an indicator of intelligence. And you can see this with humans too, because people who are considered as free thinkers or huge influences of human society are often seen as being apart from the masses instead of being included within them. Because of deterministic forces, most of our beliefs, they were handed down to us and we took them on without question. But as our consciousness grows and we become aware, our ability to choose beliefs that help us grow also grows. And for a while, we still remain slaves to our old beliefs and the need that was instilled within us to follow the deterministic way of living. So again, it is important for us to be aware that both have an effect on us. But if we wish to step out of the mass mind, and free ourselves of mental enslavement, we must first realize our ability to exercise free will, then our rights to do so. We will be forced to connect with our true selves and who we want to be, and fully express ourselves through free will, because that is what nature, what source, intended for us to do. We are aiming to remove our masks. We are no longer putting energy towards saying the right things to fit in. And this is the first step of aligning with your manifestations. You must be brave enough to pull yourself out of the mass mind. When you first start recognizing reality for what it is, the present moment, and you begin to express yourself the way that nature intended you to, your mind is going to initially remain stuck in old patterns and it will try to time travel so that it can feed the ego. Remember we talked about constantly living in the known past or predictable future during our last meeting and how it keeps you from manifesting what you want in the present. The mind doesn't like change, it prefers comfort. That is why we need to continue pushing and be aware of that resistance. So we won't allow the resistance, resistance to make us quit because we know that it is normal and it's to be expected. Our minds learn through repetition, so what must we do? Repeat and practice. When your mind starts to travel and you practice pulling it back to the present, you are going to notice that the ego will try to cook up negative emotions through time traveling, and those negative emotions will be felt in your present moment. Now, the only reason this is seen as a not-so-good thing is because our number one instinct is to run away from those emotions instead of allowing them to surface and tune into whatever it's teaching us. Our main tool towards facing negativity 
has been either replacing it with positive emotion or covering it up with something else and neither of those two actually help us. We need to allow emotion to exist. By not prioritizing it, we are no longer feeding them our energy or allowing them to control or consume us. Just give them the space they need to exist. They have the right to, so acknowledge that right. Remember the YouTube comment I shared with you on Saturday where a girl talked about learning to feel your emotions and your body's internal sensations instead of thinking them? What she was saying is to focus on the feeling and to give that feeling space to breathe instead of feeding into intrusive thoughts. By allowing our emotions to exist, we are bringing an extremely powerful human ability into our lives and that is adaptability. We all have the ability to adapt, okay? If we did not, we wouldn't have been, been able to survive for as long as we have. Resisting emotion is delaying your own adaptation process, making it harder to adapt than it initially was. There is no way that we could fight feelings of anxiety or depression by running away. Fire can't be fought with fire. This just allows us and those feelings to build and eventually overwhelm and drain us. That is what resistance is. The key to fighting these feelings are allowing ourselves to feel them and allowing ourselves to actually deal with them. We must be willing to receive them no matter how impossible it may seem or how fearful we are of the possibilities of emotional pain. Practice releasing the judgment of your emotions, even when they feel negative. Practice recognizing the emotion and returning to the present moment in the best way for you. You can focus on your breathing or the sensations passing through your body. You can practice tuning into observation instead of reaction. We talk about this a lot. Your mind is going to resist you, okay? It is completely normal. And through continuous practice, the mind will grow used to it. And you'll notice that you will be able to observe negative emotions, especially knowing that they are temporary. In other words, you will have adapted and no longer fear feeling. Emotional adaptability is another piece of aligning with your manifestations. The next step is actually opening yourself up to receiving. Beneath everything, we are energy. Nothing that we have or were given, our names or occupations truly describe our I, our self. And that's because there is no I or self. Underneath it all, we are a subset of energy that flows around all of creation, as Ryu calls it. Because of this, our very existence is dependent on energy flow. There are three different energy types that work together to maintain balance within our existence. Active energy, receptive energy, and balanced energy. The first two are like yin and yang, and the last balances them out. The first two both have positive and negative sides. Active energy is that go-getter energy. This is what is mostly praised in our current society. The positive side of it results in success and achievement, while the negative side results in aggression and a lack of restraint. Receptive energy takes form as open-mindedness, willingness to adopt different points of view. 
It is naturally soothing and mostly centered around living in a state of readiness and waiting for the right moment to act. Fully functional receptivity often manifests as groundedness, awareness, and acceptance. It puts us fully in touch with who we are and the reality of any situation we encounter or reside in. The balanced energy is the ability to adapt to any environment with the willingness to change. The lack of balance usually manifests as rigid thinking and unhealthy attachment to one of the energies, like taking absolutely no actions towards what you want or feeling the need to always push and force things. Out of all three, the receptive energy is most important because it is what determines the health of the other two energy types. It is what allows us to actually open ourselves to receiving like we talked about. It determines our level of acceptance. And without acceptance of things as they are, we wouldn't be able to move towards change or adapt to situations. We can use active energy to fix receptive energy, but without receptivity, active energy becomes default and leads to states of imbalance where we don't even know where to stop. There is real power behind receptive energy because it determines our ability to give and receive love. Love connects us to our soul. It is what moves the world. It connects us to the stream of consciousness and infinite stream of knowledge. For love to truly exist, we must have awareness. This is because love demands an attitude of leaving oneself behind and putting something else ahead of us in a non-conditional way. Awareness and acceptance are expressions of receptivity and are both essential in order to maintain the real honesty within ourselves and with ourselves. To manifest your dream life, you must allow yourself to have it. You must open yourself up to it and to possibility. Ryu says that to fully experience the fruits of joy, you need to allow yourself to receive and know that whatever happens, you are finding your way back to your soul and that love will show you the way. On that note, the last step is unconditional love. When we are born, many of us receive unconditional love. Babies have a way of naturally breaking it out. They're seen as innocent and spark happiness. There is a fundamental human need to receive unconditional love. However, as must most of us grow up, we do so without knowing that love. Most are unaware of its existence. I was once unaware as well, and it makes you also unaware of the imbalance, the lack of that love has within your life. When I first came back to unconditional love, it was such a beautiful and emotional experience. I'll tell you guys about it someday. Maybe I'll do a special episode on it. I have a piece centered around it on my creative page. But it was a very emotional experience, not because I was sad, though. Society teaches us that love is conditional, that it must be earned or achieved through accomplishment and good behavior. It's what we learn at home and at school, and it is the biggest downfall of our conditioning in my eyes because unconditional love is invaluable and beyond worthwhile. 
You don't need to do anything to deserve love. You are already deserving, exactly as you are. Here goes Ryan, wasting what I just thought. He says that conditional love is simply an example of a societal construct that gets imposed on us as we move to the world. It is an illusion removed from the truth. This means that we are looking at how we can start releasing the constructs we adopted surrounding love. Step one is recognizing that unconditional love does exist and that you are fully deserving of it simply because you exist. Step two is to receive unconditional love. You must start giving it. Remember those techniques we talked about in our last meeting that help us move through the ego's attempt to distract us and avoid mental time travel? We are about to add to them. So I'm going to read these two techniques directly from the book and I'll also post them as our personal growth and insight work on our class for you to read for yourself. And these techniques also apply to giving and receiving unconditional love. So let's get into those. Technique number four, becoming present with your emotions. Whatever it is that you put out into the world is exactly what you will receive. If you choose the branch that leads to more love in your tree of life, then that is what will manifest in your physical reality. Thus, in order to receive something, you first need to give. Now, unconditional love doesn't mean you need to start confessing your love to random people around you. Far from it. Instead, understand that love is an energy form and you need to engage with everything around you without judgment and with compassion this is after all what love truly is we're familiar to varying degrees on how we can express love but how does one exude love as energy well this is simply conveying an energy of acceptance towards a particular subject is your coworker bothering you incessantly? Well, close your eyes and accept them for who they are and wish them the best in their lives. Wish for them to achieve everything that they want and that they receive unconditional happiness. You'll often find that by doing so, the quality of your life improves dramatically. Perhaps they no longer seem to irritate you, even if those qualities and habits still exist within them because you have learned to accept them for who they are, flaws and all. Release all expectations you have and simply give. Constraining your expression of love is simply trying to achieve a purpose that counteracts what you're trying to do. This really doesn't need any explanation. Initially, this might feel wrong if you're accustomed to this, but with regular practice every day, it'll become second nature to you. Start small by practicing during the more mundane moments of your day and build your way up towards more annoying moments. Soon, you'll find yourself in a blissful world. And the best part is that this is all your own creation. Emotions are your key to happiness, even the negative ones. Remember that every emotion exists for a reason and indicates an imbalance or function as a warning sign. 
Thus, you need to give your emotions a space to play out and express themselves instead of denying them and seeking to compensate in some other manner. Awareness via meditation or mindfulness will help you accept your emotions. Remember that they are the connection to your soul and that your soul knows what is good for you since it has access to infinite information. Thus, any action you choose to pursue seeks confirmation from your soul prior to moving forward. Mindfulness will give you the markers you need to determine this. Technique number five, receptivity. Open yourself up to the world and become more receptive to the energy that surrounds you. We are surrounded by miracles, but we often fail to take any note of them. Think of all the things around you right now. There's probably electricity, the internet, a computer, a smartphone. Consider how fantastic all of this would have been to someone who was born in the previous century. A lot of these miracles would have seemed like Star Trek to you when you were a kid. Take the time to observe them. Pick one each day and truly observe it. Marvel at how ingenious its design is, even if it doesn't work properly. Consider how miraculous it is that even a flawed computer is a miracle, requiring so many different components to be engineered precisely in order to form something. The words on your screen, the color of the things you create are all stored as energy on a disk which is then transmitted using another form of energy. As I said, we're surrounded by miracles. Practicing minimalism is a great way to stop and recognize the miracle that is present in every individual thing. The fewer things that compete for your attention, the more time and energy you will devote to it, and the more you will appreciate it. If there was just one item in front of you, you're more likely to engage with it in a deeper, more meaningful way. Increasing your level of receptivity has an added benefit in that you'll learn to ask better questions. Be engaging with the world in a more compassionate way. Your questions will naturally end up being more open-ended. This will cause you to question a lot of your own assumptions and that of society too. Number six, detaching from conditioning. In order to detach from our conditioning, it is important for us to recognize that the stereotypical model that we live in and that we live by is untrue. The roles we play in our everyday lives are a matter of convention. They are abstract. Thus, our conditioned character is tangible. Learning to be mindful and observing the conditions pop up within our everyday thoughts, emotions, and actions is a sure way to start the process of change. Never hesitate to ask questions when confronted with a set of norms that you are forced to follow. Focus on questions that are open-ended and elicit a wide variety of responses. Questions that force you to consider all alternate points and viewpoints are a great example of this. One of the best ways to reinforce the oneness of everything in this world is to simply sit down and have a discussion with someone who has the diametrically opposite viewpoint as yours. 
Wow, again, thank you so much, Ryan, for sharing these techniques. You are a blessing to this world. Everything that we discussed today is prepping us for actually aligning what we are bringing into fruition. And we are actually finished for today. This wow, this felt quick. I think maybe this is probably the shortest episode or meeting that we've ever had. And I want to give you your time to digest all that we just received. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do not forget to thank yourself for showing up. Show yourself love. I'm so proud of you. And don't forget to log into our class for all our extra benefits and discussion within our community. I am looking forward to growing this bond that we have built. You are going to have a blessed week. Until we meet again, my friends, see you on Saturday.